0: Hello, everyone, and welcome back. The Full 40 with Chris and Rob, part of the Stay Tuned Network, brought to you by Nova Insider. We're back. It is Saturday, February, around 6.30 p.m. Coming to you, many drinks after the Yukon victory. We beat the Huskies at the Pavilion earlier today an exciting game UConn's back in the Big East and we were back with a victory looking decent after a (laughs) troubling loss to Creighton a week ago and I got to watch my first Villanova game in a week and a half it felt good Rob and as far as I'm concerned I am fourteen and two. Like everyone else is fourteen and three. I'm fourteen and two because I did not see a moment of the Creighton game. That's fair, and so I feel good about that.
1: That's fair. I love your excitement balancing out the big Villanova victory, where quote we look decent. And I'm like, yes.
0: yeah. I mean, that's
1: that's the takeaway. It was an interesting victory, a victory nonetheless. I'll take it back on the winning ways. Let's go chugging towards another Big East title, another NCAA title. We're back. It's good to be podcasting after a win. Always a lot more fun. Obviously, always a lot more fun after a few glasses of whiskey, which you'll hear plenty of ice clinking today. Oh,
0: a lot of ice clinking on today's podcast. I'm told the
1: ice is very loud in in the microphone.
0: We have a couple guests on the podcast today. The ice is guest number one. Um, There it is. There it it is. is. It is. It sounds like you just <laughs> you're like doing communion, like you're like ringing in God, ringing the, the bells. Oh, God. Yeah, you're ringing the bells. <laughs> Basically, Let us proclaim basically the same thing. the mystery of faith
1: <laughs> that's terrible that is oh terrible. man
0: oh man it's like, this is a podcast for a catholic school and here we are just being sacrilegious oh that, boy that checks that checks that does track we're not the official podcast of villanova but no, we're, kind no, of, we're kind of
1: becoming we're kind we're of, becoming kind becoming of official.
0: like we're kind of becoming a little official for my liking if we're being honest <laughs> Being honest. So what I mean by that is that Rob and I are doing a podcast live recording. Another one. We're back. Villanova has reached out to us. Somehow they said, hey, these Rob and Chris guys are some of the best content that we can put out (laughs) there. (laughs) So I guess we'll do it again and we're doing a podcast with Villanova at around 6 p.m. on Thursday of the Big East Tournament. Looks like we're going to be the one seed, so it'll be after our first game. So might be a recap of our game. Look forward to our game Friday. Might be a, we fucking lost, oh shit. So here's the what to look forward to for the rest of the Big East Tournament if you care to tune in, plus what's coming on Selection Sunday. It could be whatever. We don't know what it's going to turn into. A lot's going to matter on what happened on dune on Thursday, or we could slip to the two seed and then we'd be podcasting as like the pregame show to the 7 p.m. tip of the big east tournament. With that said, we don't know exactly what the schedule is gonna look like, so stay tuned. That things could change. Just be just be mindful of Villanova emails coming out. Stay stay on top of our Twitter and Instagram accounts at the full 40. Because you'll need to tune into that so you know when to tune in and where to tune in and how to tune in. Stay on top of that. We're coming to you live. It's coming from the Big East Tournament. It's going to be exciting. We're still trying to figure out where it's going to take place. We've asked Villanova for MSG if we could actually get in there. Probably not. We're not too hopeful. (laughs) Yeah. We're not too hopeful.
1: Yeah, we're, we're not. We're not. Just full stop. I'll be shocked if that happens.
0: Yeah. But speaking of pregame shows, and this is a long tangent here, Uh, but speaking of pregame shows, after a break, we're going to have a commercial break. We're doing another advertisement for Sanzo, best sparkling water beverage on the market right now just fyi that's not part of the advertisement that's free advertising sandro owes us a little bit of kudos for that but we will have an ad for sanzo towards the back end of the podcast plus a, a, a 10 to 15 minute preview uh, of what's coming on tuesday where we're going to do a live post game show with the official pregame host Chris Nataro, who runs Nova Tip Time, an exciting new pregame show for Villanova games. He's been doing it all season. I- I've been tweeting about it out of our Full Forty Twitter account. Very exciting stuff. I recommend you watch it. It's awesome. Yeah, like watch it today. Really got me amped up. Gave me all the facts and stuff I needed to know. Way better prepared than we are, Rob. Like That's, a million times. I mean, prepared. the bar is
1: pretty low, but yes, Chris
0: does a great job with it. Yeah, totally. Hundred percent. Um, so we're talking to him on this podcast a little bit later after the break, and then, um, we're actually doing a live clubhouse with him after the game on Tuesday versus St. John's. So that's all you need to know in the beginning of the podcast, but I think we need to focus first and get back to UConn. Perfect.
1: That was a quite a tangent, I will say. We went all over the place there, but that's all over the place.
0: That's what happens when you're five makers' marks deep.
1: At least it's not, at least it's not Kansas level drunk. That was, uh, that was something
0: no whoever listens to that podcast god bless you i mean (laughs) that was wild shit
1: That was uh, that was out of control. But yes. Okay, so let's talk about UConn. It was a win back to our winning ways. As we mentioned, definitely a different type of victory than I would say we're used to with Villanova the past few years in that we were not reliant on the three ball. It was definitely a grinded out type victory, a really close game three quarters of the way through until probably the last call it eight nine minutes we started to pull away and even then it was still pretty close at the end they had a chance to cut it to a one possession game and had some turnovers there so look i'll take the victory but um yeah it was an interesting one good to, good to be playing uconn again for sure
0: yeah i enjoyed playing uconn look this podcast has been pro uconn coming back to the big east from the very beginning since that was a idea in the works um, we always liked the idea of UConn. Geographical reference, Big East historical program. And honestly, Rob, it felt like a Big East game. It felt like an old Big East game. Even though UConn isn't ranked right now and isn't the UConn of old, I felt more engaged in this game than I did even in other Creighton or Xavier contests, even when those teams had been top 10, top 20 type teams. Because like, as much as I appreciate Creighton and Xavier's contributions to the new B- Big East and those contributions have been significant relative to like fucking georgetown for example um wake up hoyas like yukon felt like i don't know it to me it felt like ah yeah playing yukon on saturday on fox like this is a big time game like people are excited about it. seven national championships between the two programs many many final fours historical programs facing off for the first time in conference play since 2012, nine years off from playing in conference. Like, obviously, we set up and had games in the last three years, but this felt different. It did. And it was – UConn's
1: a a good team. I know their record isn't amazing, but we alluded to this on the last podcast. Book Knight, who's their best player, clearly their best player, has been out for a while. He's working his way back in, and he was definitely their cat early on even though he's getting reacclimated to to the be'es play and the conference grind he started off so hot absolutely drove them and you have to think if he had been on the team and been healthy all season these guys would be firmly in the conversation for a tournament spot at the moment they're kind of on the border certainly this loss doesn't help them you know, maybe if they finish strong, they've got a they've got a good shot at it. But point being that you take away from this that yeah, this this win is against a team that's what, ten and six or something like that now. But it is in theory a good team. So don't look over it too quickly. Say, Yeah, this is this is in theory a good tournament team type win and they have some real players on the team and they really gave us their all certainly in that first half i mean, taking the two-point lead in the halftime it was a little bit closer than what we would have wanted but i like the way that the guys played and i mean looking at the breakdown of our team i mean this was this was really colin and j rob who got it done today it was kind of crazy for me looking at the box score to see Colin had 20 points. I don't know. To me, it seemed like a quiet 20, if you will, until basically the those end. two long three-pointers he had, which were just like, ah, this is vintage Colin Gillespie yep. for me. Just the rainbow, the arc on those shots. I was like, make it rain, baby. This is what I am used to seeing, and I loved it. And that was that was pretty awesome to see him to see him get back into that. Cause we alluded to this on the last podcast. I feel like Colin's been a, a tad off the past few games. And seeing him have this real solid game, three point shooting again wasn't too strong, but seeing him lead the team there was was a big positive for me. Yeah,
0: I, I mean I perfect I completely agree with you. It was a it was a team win. Colin and led the team, um, in my view. And yeah, 20 points. I agree. A lot of it was quiet. I was just going to say the same exact thing you did. Those two three-pointers late loomed large. Those were kind of like the the daggers. Raffery was on, uh, Bill Raffery was on the call, which was great. And uh, those were the daggers That kind of sealed the deal And and you got to give credit to Colin I mean, look, everyone has times where they're not doing as well And he's been in a slump and off of late Kind of a mess, candidly, with the ball um, And he stuck it out 20 points You know, had some up and downs during the game But, you know, sometimes it's hard To play a game where you're not as you're not on And still be the main contributor Like, that's a lot to put on somebody And I, I thought Colin did a great job with it Look, J-Rob's obviously terrific like and and like he's back to his ways um, that he was earlier in the season so like look I thought it was a good team win I, I totally agree with your point and I really want to touch on that when it comes to UConn 10 and 6 now that they've lost the game versus us this is a team that with book healthy all year is probably more like 12 and 4 13 and 3 something along those lines and that's an entirely different result and with book healthy Healthy, they're probably not only firmly in the conversation, they're probably looking at like a four, five, six seed. So like there's a lot that UConn has lost because Booknight has not been healthy. So with Booknight back, it was his second game back. So like obviously there's some rust to shake off and the team's got to reacclimate to playing with him. But this team's probably a couple losses less with Booknight back, even at the shape he was in today. I, I got to give a lot of credit to him. He's an, a terrific player. Um, yeah. You could tell from the early going of this game that this guy is fantastic and he can play at all three levels. He's awesome. And so credit to UConn and Dan Hurley for recruiting him and getting him in. But yeah, I, I'm of the belief that Booknight being here all year makes them a clear tournament team. And I think we played a tournament team today and beat a tournament team so we covered the spread against the tournament team i think that's a positive f- sign for the team going forward yeah that's fair
1: a couple other takeaways i had from the game you know i mentioned i alluded to this a couple times already this is a different type of game we only made five three-pointers which is well below our season average so we got this done through making two-point shots which absolutely worked for us and i really like to see us be able to take a different approach when the 3 wasn't working. We shot 23% from 3 and we haven't been shooting the ball well recently. So having that ability to create in other ways is a big plus because I frankly didn't feel like we had the ability or had shown the ability to do that on a consistent basis in some of these other games and we'll get to the games that we have coming up in a little bit, but being able to fall back on that is going to be something that will obviously help us down the road as we get into the tournament, uh, both Big East and the NCAA. A couple other things hit j-rob i feel like we're glossing over 17 and 11 and he was just so strong just making great shots had a couple awesome three-pointers as well the three-point shot for him is really starting to work which makes him just even more dangerous defensively he was solid as always and around the hoop was great the couple kind of I don't know if I don't, I don't, I don't know if I want to call them red flags yet but like Caleb still hasn't found his stride at this point. No.
0: No. He picked He's up fouls early
1: he only he only played 12 minutes today and he actually had no points. Like that's not that is not a stat line I expect from Caleb Daniels. That's not the Caleb Daniels we saw earlier in this year and we're still waiting for him to kind of come back to the player that he was prior to the pause so that's one and then the other one was Justin you know Justin is I don't know if streaky is the right word a little bit up and down we've been on Justin earlier this year about his decision making and forcing different things and you saw that a bit again today stat line 4 of 14 so the shots weren't falling for him 0 for 4 from 3 so I think that inconsistency is still a little bit there so those are the two things that that concern me I could I could spend more time harping on Swider, but I won't but there's no.
0: anything else that
1: I mean we, we yeah, spent so no. many, so many so, hours talking about Swiders. like forget it so
0: so I think I think you brought up two really good points about Moore and J-Rob so for me J-Rob is my alpha dog of the week I'm not sure I have a Shaq fit man play of the week I don't think there was any man plays a couple guys getting on the ground. Jermaine got in the ground Slater with a nice steal and dunk. Maybe that's my Shaq Fit Man Play of the Week if I had to pick one. I would say but, Samuel's. Samuel's had
1: a throwdown real late. That was just kind of like gravy on top. So, yeah, I mean that was that was the manliest jam I saw.
0: That was the manliest jam. I'm not necessarily like our rule with with these is that we don't have to give away awards every week. If there's not a Shaq Fit Man Play of the Week where you play like man, like you're not getting the man play of the week like we don't have to give one that's true
1: that's true that's true
0: yeah but j-rob i think gets the alpha dog of the week i i really thought j-rob was the difference in today's game that was my view now we had an award last year that we were giving out which is a dubious award dubious designation called the Pass the Fucking Ball Award of the Week. Absolutely. Absolutely. And where that originated was Justin Moore last year in a game not passing the fucking ball. And unfortunately for Justin Moore, he's going to get my Pass the Fucking Ball Award of the Week this game because... I felt that he kind of took shots that were ill-advised sometimes he could have passed out of situations where he broke down the defense. Like he did everything right, breaking down the D getting a piece of the paint, even getting close to the cup, drawing several defenders off other players could have locked the pivot foot and passed out of the post and given someone an open look and didn't do that. And instead tried to take over the game himself. And for that, I give Justin Moore the pass the fucking ball award of the week. If he had played differently, this could have been a 10, 12, 14, 15 point game just on Justin Moore alone. So I, I'm with you in that I, you expect more out of more. And in we, that sense, he was, I, I, I give him that award.
1: We talked up. I personally talked up Moore a ton at the beginning of the season. I Moore was the guy I said could make a Sadiq Bay level jump this year so much so that he could even be in consideration for leaving early. From what we've seen, he has not made that jump. He's a good player, but I actually think he's largely the same player that we saw last year. So that jump hasn't really come through. and. As we've said, if anything, he's maybe forcing it a little bit more and maybe feeling a little bit more of the burden for creation and as a result, making some poor decisions. So, yeah, I think that's, you know, Justin is certainly in consideration for it. For me, you know what? I'm just going to keep I'm going to keep harping on this train here. My pass the fucking ball award of the week is gonna go to a guy who is getting to the point where I'm like, Should you actually pass the fucking ball? Is Cole Swider, one for five from three. Dude, you're on the floor to make shots. Let's make some shots, my guy. Shots. That's shot, all I wanna shot, see. Shot 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 shot, 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 shot. Yes, absolutely. So I'll just um, – I'll take another tack with that, and I'll, I'll keep kind of harping on that train. But I that, think either, either of those guys, you know, whatever.
0: That's fair. That's fair. And, look, one thing I do want to point out that I've noticed in this game, I've noticed in a couple of games before, but, like, you kind of, kind of cemented it for me. Teams are picking up Colin the moment he hits the logo. Like even not not even when they're full court pressing. I'm not even talking about that. Like obviously teams have figured out that full court press works against us. But even when they're not doing a full court press, people are playing Colin tight at the logo. And he's not making them pay for that. Now Colin's not the quickest guy, isn't it? The- most explosive first step. He doesn't play above the rim. Like there's a lot of athleticism aspects that you could point to a Colin. I, and I love Colin. So there's no, like, there's no, like, this is not like really a criticism of Colin. It's just more of a statement of fact as it relates to Colin. Yeah. But he doesn't make anybody pay for picking him up. I, basically half court. Yeah. And so, and so you don't need to like do a whole lot to do that. When, when someone picks him up half court, he needs to drive the ball, drive it. Like, yeah, they're going to keep up with you. The goal is not for you to carve your way to the basket and shoot a layup. The goal is to take the whole defense with you and create space for your other teammates. And he's got to get more comfortable and do that. Because, like, to me, that's a bad thing about his game. And for that reason, like, even though I gave Justin Moore my pass the fucking ball of the week, ball award of the week, I would say that Justin does bring the element of being able to blow by you, get crafty, get to the cup. He didn't make his layups today, and if he did, that alone would have been the difference in the game. But I would say that Justin Moore having the ball handling responsibilities in the half court is probably where this team is better.
1: Interesting, and yeah, Jay's clearly been trying that out, um, which he showed last game as well too. So we'll see how that how that goes. So anyway, we actually hit a lot of negative points, and I think you alluded to, didn't allude to, you talked about the press which I think is probably actually a pretty good segue to some of our upcoming games that we have this week. Yep. We've got St. John's on Tuesday, the rematch of the always athletic St. John's Johnnies. And athletic team, athletic team, athletic team, as you always say. And then we have over the weekend playing the Butler Bulldogs who are terrible,
0: really bad. So
1: really bad. I mean, look, The big matchup this week, as big of a matchup as you can say when you're describing a middle of the conference team, is the St. John's game, for sure. Obviously, they just beat us recently. This is an instance where we have the opportunity for that revenge-type game, and we will be at home for it. Obviously, don't have the home court advantage, but... You're at least in familiar surroundings. So that's going to be the big one. Can we actually come up with a plan to counter what I'm sure will be a continued press from St. John's, which they used and worked so well against us in the first game?
0: Yeah, yeah. So The first thing I have to mention again to reiterate, we're doing a clubhouse live after the St. John's game. Yeah on tuesday so we'll know at that point what happened with that game but my 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 thought is we looked really bad against st john's last time this is a revenge game for us and as part of being a revenge game it's an interesting revenge game because it's not a revenge game that we have to win with more effort per se it's a revenge game that we have to win with more commitment to our values and what we do with the with the basketball and how we value the basketball and playing villanova basketball and i say that with quotes i'm i'm doing the hand quotes with that but we did not play Villanova basketball versus St. John's. We got really loose to the ball. We were freaked out. We were not composed. We looked totally different than we have in many years past looked very undisciplined versus St. John's and we let them get out of sorts and we let them make us get out of sorts. And so the St. John's game is important to me because not only is it a a game about avenging a prior loss, it's a game about proving who we are and like proving like, are we capable? I just seem capable of playing Villanova basketball like in a tough spot at home, even at home and like really bringing that full circle and beating a team who beat us earlier in the season Um, because of a lot of their physicality and effort and whatever. So, like to me, the St. John's game is a big litmus test. I think St. John's is a NCAA tournament caliber team, and I think that St. John's is a good, well coached. And I happen to like them a lot this year. And obviously, they've already beaten hey, us once. Chris, so, I would, I would like to. How see...
1: concerned are you going to be mm-hmm. if we lose to St. John's?
0: That's a good question. That's a that's a really good question. If we lose to St. John's. Uh, like I, I am concerned and, and, and to be candid with you, I don't know if I'm more concerned than I am now because like I, I, I come at this and I'm always positive. I'm an optimistic guy by nature. I, I'm a little concerned about this team's long-term prospects uh, to begin with. So I think St. John's would be in losing the St. John's again would in edification, if you will, of that already feeling that I already yeah. have. That I, I worry about this team's long-term prospects because I feel like this team does not have a good bench. Obviously, yeah, that's pretty clear. Although Slater he played did, well yeah. today, I to give credit. I was I was very pleased with Slater's performance, and I know you railed on Swider. I happen to think that Swider didn't play poorly today, um, even though he missed shots which i get that on the offensive end he was useless um but on the on the defensive end i think he availed himself pretty well today but even with that said we just don't have a bench dixon didn't play a single nope. minute today um at least not to my not to my eye brian um, brian anton and good. yeah he, looked good in, in in he was sweats. dressed yeah. Yeah. he's dressed he, he was dressed he was dressed he was dressed anton was dressed everyone should care about that um no, you know, in all seriousness, like we don't have a bench to speak of, <laughs> and and when you have no bench to speak of, you have to rely on your stars. And if your stars don't show up, which they've shown that they sometimes don't do, you can lose a game. You can lose, yeah. any game. Can lose any game. We could lose any game in the NCAA tournament. We, can win we could win. it Yeah. The, the thing. <laughs> this team could go and win a national championship, but like I'm just not buying it because like you got to win six games in a row. You got to win three games in a row in the Big East tournament, and now we're gonna play Saint John. Like to me, like if you avenge the loss, I feel better because it feels feels like, okay, we've corrected a clear error that we had and handling a team that we weren't previously able to yeah. handle. So to that extent, I'd feel better. If we lose to St. John's, it would make me feel the same as I do about this team and make me feel stronger in that already feeling yeah
1: I think what would be the red flag to me if we lose is we would basically we talked about there being a blueprint for us to lose and for teams to beat us on whether it was last podcast or a couple of podcasts ago. No, last it was last one yeah. that would be really cemented if we lose because I'm assuming St. John's is going to play a pretty similar style. The other thing that would really raise some red flags to me is that if we lose, it shows that we are unable to adapt even when we know what's coming and we basically have one gear that that we're kind of playing with and if our gear and our style isn't working Allah somebody is able to disrupt it we can't deal with that and overcome that challenge and that's what the NCAA tournament is about you're playing teams that are going to give you their best shot They're going to throw innovative, different styles at you because they know you're Villanova, because they know if they lose, they're going home, and because they know that they're the underdog. And what do they care? They're just going to throw you their best punch. So if we can't figure out St. John's and overcome that at home, that's a huge red flag to me. And- I haven't revisited my expectations for this team and our ability to reach the final four and win a national title yet. But if we lose on Tuesday, I think I will be doing that. That's going to be another, another one for me that I, I want to watch out for. So I'll yeah. be pretty concerned.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So we're playing them. Look, we're playing St. John's at eight o'clock on Tuesday at CBS sports network, which is probably going to fuck everyone's watching plans up because I don't know why we got to play two games. Oh my on CBS, God. SN, terrible. But the, 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 yeah. Yeah playing butler on saturday on cbs of all teams to play on cbs butler's terrible we're not even going they, they are they're really bad yeah they're they're bad if we lose to butler yeah we're really, there's it, there's really we not a,
1: much to preview with butler like we don't want to gloss over them but we'll gloss over them like they're not good they, they got trounced by marquette the other day it's just it's not butler's year
0: oh well 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 hold on yeah, yeah, let me just stop you right there if we lose to a team that beat that marquette beat then <laughs> just, throw, just throw it's Throw the towel. yeah if like, we yeah, if yeah. we if we top. end this I mean, week
1: 0 and 2, I mean, we should just why even bother going to the tournament at that yeah. point?
0: Yeah, I mean, you lost to a team that lost to Wojo <laughs> or beat. Wo- or, Yeah, fuck it. No, that's that's just worthless. And look, it's crazy to say this, but we're in the home stretch of the season, we are. like it's insane to say this. Like, because we have St. John's and Butler this week, and then and then we have Creighton again and Providence, so. That's it. That's it. That's it. That's the end of the regular season schedule. It's wild. So, so that's it. Four games left in the regular season. We're 14 and three. I'd really like to see this team win out. And Rob, I'll ask you this right now prediction 14 and three. We have four games left in the regular season and then a potential for three big East uh, games. Does this team get to 20 wins? Fourteen and three, before the NCAA team. three. Well,
1: we'd have to win. So sorry. We're, so we'd have to win six of basically seven possible games.
0: Six of no, seven no, we're possible games. We're
1: gonna lose. We're gonna okay. lose at least one of the Big East, One of the regular season games, and then. I think we'll stumble up in the, in the tournament. So we're not going to get 20. I think we'll end with, we'll get, we'll get three then? and then we'll get, um, yeah, we'll get three and two. Uh, another yeah, one. Three and, and one or two. So, 18 or nine. So you're looking
0: yeah. at 18 and 18 and five going into the yeah, NCW. Something like that. That's yeah. Rob's prediction. I actually think, so I don't think we're going to win the Big East tournament. I actually don't think that's going to happen. I actually happen to believe at this juncture that we're going to win out. Wow. I think we're going to win out the regular season. That's a call. Yeah, yeah. That's a hot take. It's a hot take. I think this team's going to beat St. John's, and then I think we're going to beat Creighton. And I think everyone's going to be pretty pumped beating Creighton, and then we're going to lose in the Big East tournament. I don't think this team has what it takes. Too short a bench. There's a lot lot to pick on that's, like, wrong with this team come that. So I think we're going to win four games to finish the season. I think we're going to win one more game in the... Big East tournament. So I think we're going to win our Thursday round game. And then we're going to lose in the semifinals wow. on Friday. And then we're going to go on to play the NCAA tournament and we'll finish 19 and four and earn a two seed in the NCAA okay.
1: All right. Should we, can we segue a little bit? I know we're with our other segment we have coming up too. We'll, we'll eat up people's time quickly. There was a little bit of NCAA tournament news this week with the tournament announcing that they were going yes. to actually allow fans at the game i think keep me honest here i think it's up to 25 percent capacity which is which is yep. super cool that that'll be happening unfortunately i don't think it helps our case we've been we made the case early in the season that having a year with no fans likely benefits your veteran teams it likely benefits your teams that are used to playing in quiet quiet environments And it benefits teams that treat every practice like it's a game, which Villanova absolutely does. Given that we've now introduced fans into the equation, fans, you know, oftentimes they like to see the underdog win. They're pulling for, you know, different elements, probably local teams, too. You have to imagine it's probably going to be more local fans that are coming in there. I can't imagine there are a whole lot of Nova fans, certainly, that are going to be traveling there. Um, What's your take on this, Chris?
0: I don't think it matters too much. I know that's not the sexy answer. That's not the answer you were looking for. I look, I look, twenty five percent in like so, like okay. So you're talking about like a let's just say a twenty thousand person yeah. arena is is five thousand fans, some of which will be Villanova fans. So like 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 in reality, what we're talking about is not significant like it'll be louder than these two I don't know I don't know I want to push on I want to push I don't on. know I don't know as far as I'm concerned as far as I'm concerned th- th- there's a ba- it's a bad excuse if you if you're saying oh we lost because the fans were against us no, 25% no, no. of an arena but like I- that's not a bad that's excuse that's why you're
1: going to lose I'm saying I don't think it helps us right like we saw obviously Creighton's an extreme example right cuz you're playing in what is always a frenzied environment and they had I think 2000 fans there something like that 10% capacity we're not going to be facing the those elements and those dedicated fans against us. But yeah, if you're talking 5,000 fans, if they decide to pick the other team, like there's some noise in that building that helps that momentum. Yeah, swing. totally. Again, I agree. You I can't point to that and say, that's the reason we lost, but I don't think it helps us. I don't think we're going to get an advantage no. from it.
0: No, that and that's fair, and that's fair. Look, Indianapolis is not that far. You've gone there for a Final Four, or oh, you went to yeah. Detroit for a Final Four, but so it's not that far, relatively speaking. You now we have a couple listeners who are from the Midwest, and I'll be like, "What are you talking about?" Um, but as far as I'm concerned, Detroit and Indianapolis are basically <laughs> next to each other. Uh, yeah, uh, that's, that's <laughs> terrific. Um, that's terrific. But in all seriousness, I do think there will be some villanova fans who go if they're able to i mean i would try and go second weekend third weekend yeah i would say
1: look if the tickets are out there i would definitely i would try to make the trip yeah for sure if if we're if we're if we're in the final four absolutely i'm going to try and get there
0: yeah because because look you wear a mask like the science has never supported that like if you open things and you have masks on for like 25 percent capacity like no one's ever there's been no studies that say that's going to create a super spread or event or anything like that so you wear a mask. Be religious about it, be strong about your mask wearing, and you'll be fine. So like it's like and by the way, same thing is gonna be true for the Big East tournament while you while we're on the topic, because Andrew Cuomo uh of New York just allowed ten percent of capacity for large events. So the biggest tournament's likely to have ten percent capacity.
1: Uh they just um they actually just announced they won't be doing fans at the Big East tournament. Oh, they won't be. Yeah, you're right, you're right in that Cuomo did announce this, but they won't be doing them at the Big East tournament
0: actually. Okay. Well, yeah. there goes that. So I just said some bullshit, <laughs> but I assumed that they would anyway, it doesn't matter. And my point is, look, if you can go and you can stay safe and you don't have anyone who's like necessarily at risk in your party, go and have fun. Cause we need Villanova. Fans totally. To go.
1: Totally. Yeah. I that's agree. my point I agree. i'm trying i would love to be there too so we'll see i made a pact with my wife we said um back in 2016 we said every time villanova is in the final four we are going to go so we're gonna right. we're gonna try and hold to it we'll see if it happens
0: i like it i like it get those masks ready that's right. to go.
1: that's absolutely right <laughs> wear them better than jay does
0: oh my god yeah please for the love of god <laughs> uh Hi, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to scream, and in the process of screaming, I'm going to take my mask down so that the maximum amount of COVID comes out of it's my face. It's a bold strategy, Cotton. Let's see if it pays off. Oh, God. Okay, so other than that, I don't think we have a whole lot else to go with here. I think that's I think, good. I, I think, think we covered, covered our big points we this did. week. Yeah, yeah. So, so look, stay tuned with us. We have another segment of this podcast coming after the break. Um, we're talking to Chris Notaro of Nova Tip Time. Um, he's a fellow Villanova grad, 2009 grad, also. So, we obviously have a lot of positive things to say about 2009 grads. But, but he runs a great pregame show. Uh, on YouTube live starting 20 minutes before, and you'll hear all about it after the break. So with that said, rejoin us after the break coming up in a couple seconds. Hi everyone. It's Chris from the full 40 with Chris and Rob part of the stay tuned network brought to you by Nova insider. This episode of the full 40 is brought to you by Sanzo. Sanzo is the premier sparkling water brand and the first of its kind to feature Asian inspired flavors such as lychee, mango and calamansi. My personal favorite is calamansi and Rob's is mango. And we make sure our fridge is always stocked with a ton of Sanzo made with real fruit, no added sugars or artificial flavors. It's a delicious way to continue your 2021 and avoid unnecessary calories. Sanzo is available at drinksanzo.com, where you can subscribe for monthly shipments at your local Whole Foods, and now available on Amazon. So check it out. Sanzo is my sparkling water drink of choice. And with that, give us a couple seconds, and we'll be right back to you with the rest of the podcast. All right, everyone, we're back. It's the Full 40 with Chris and Rob part of the stay tuned network uh, brought to you by Nova Insider. We're here live with a new guest on the podcast. We'd like to welcome Chris Notaro to the podcast. Chris, how are you doing?
2: Gentlemen, thank you so much for having me. I'm doing, I'm doing great after our little uh, Saturday matinee with the, with the Huskies.
0: That's right. That's right. Good win there. Um, so I wanted to introduce everyone to Chris. Chris runs Villanova tip time, which is a new pregame show, which he's been doing all year. Uh, It's on YouTube Live 20 minutes before every tip-off. And so, Chris, you've been doing that all season. um, And I got to be honest with you, I only knew about it. I knew you weren't, like, advertising it. I knew you were doing some stuff to get, like, the content right. You wanted to figure out, know the ropes. As someone who started a podcast with Rob now, obviously, like, three years ago, I totally get it. You want to kind of get it right before you get it big. But now you're starting to like come out and like really be like, Hey, people listen in, tune in, whatever. I tuned in to today and I got to tell you, it, it was great. I like loved it. I was like fully amped for the game by the time you finished up.
2: Thanks, man. I really appreciate that. And that's exactly what we're going for. Um, you know, like you said, I, I started the idea came from, Hey, there there's a need for this, right? If you watch uh, any Villanova game, Check it out, you know, on whether it's on Fox Sports 1, Fox. So a few games on ESPN, a few games on CBS Sports Network. But regardless of where it is, if there even is a pregame show, it's you're going to get like 90 seconds of NOVA coverage where they're at uh, right now in the season. you know, And it's probably going to be pretty generic. If, if we're the early game on Fox Sports 1, you're going to get literally going from a NASCAR daily recap show right into tip-off. And so it's kind of the idea was – can we, are there enough people like myself out there, like you guys that are for sure watching every game and would appreciate yeah. a little bit of that pump up. Uh, and so that was why the, where the idea was born. And then because in my you know professional life, I have a little bit of that, that product management background. It was like, okay, let's not advertise this from day one. Let's not go out and, and seek, you know, co-creators and people to get invested. Let's just focus on consistency. And can we do this? Can we, can I crank it out? Can it be consistent? Can it be good? Can the content be good? Can the production be decent enough? Uh, and 17 games later, here we are, and I think people are starting to notice. And you know, I've got love for the OGs, right? The the buddy, few, the handful of buddies that have been watching every every game and supporting all along. Like, hey man, there's there's a lane here for this. And so, uh, of course, I've really appreciated both of your support as big uh, big creators in the in the Nova in the Nova universe.
0: Yeah. So no, I mean, I love it. I love the commitment. I mean, 17 games, especially in this season, when who the fuck knows when we're playing the next game. It's
2: been interesting. It's been interesting. <laughs> hey. But we got you know, I got like a casual month vacation there in January that I wasn't expecting. So that was I guess <laughs> oh a bonus of
1: sorts. Yeah. I, I'm just impressed too that that Chris took the approach of saying, Hey, let me make something good before I publicize it. Definitely the opposite of what we did. We're just like yeah, we're putting this shit out here. It was not good. I mean, it's probably still not good. But hey, good on you for taking a, a logical. Well, example. yeah, and, yeah. And,
2: and and let's be you know, I as as much as I appreciate it, let's be. We're being very loose with the definition of good here. Um, uh, you know, it's been it's it's been a journey, but yeah, it was really more about consistency because I didn't want to be the guy that was like, I'm doing this. I'm doing this, and then the next game, like, oh, sorry, something came up. I'm not doing this anymore. If you're going to do this and you're going to expect people to chime in or or tune in, uh, you need to be you need to be reliable. You need to show up. You need to be somebody they enjoy watching. I was always confident in that piece, but the consistency was what I wanted to prove before I started hyping it up, and and then here we are. Well, watching it today, I can
0: tell you, and I can tell the fans that like like it's great because like it's Villanova content, but it's also related content around the top 25. So like you kind of paint that picture of like how important a, a particular game is. And I really like that because like you watch these Fox broadcasts and like Rob and I on the podcast rail on Fox for their, for like, yeah, it's all well-produced and they got round ball rock and all that's fun. And today Gus and Raph were awesome and all oh, that I love, stuff.
2: Love Gus but, and
0: but, but pregame is just atrocious. Like they do nothing for me. I never get pumped up to watch a game like watching the Fox pregame. Like they do a terrible job. I felt like ESPN led into their, well, if it was a seven o'clock game, they usually had the six o'clock sports center leading up to it, but like pregame post game and they pump it and they put it on their highlight reels and their sports shows and whatever. And it's constant. They're like bringing you the content that they brought all the time. Now I have no, I have no love lost for ESPN, but I give them credit for their ability to do that. Fox does not do that. And we do not have in Villanova land, like we do not have content that's Villanova specific pregame content so that Villanova fans can get amped up. And this season in particular, where we've had like so many 9 PM starts, which is just fucking outrageous. I know, Chris, you're in Madison, so they're 8 p.m. for you, a little bit more reasonable. Oh, jealous. Yeah. Yeah. A little bit more reasonable. It's just insane to me that we don't have a good pregame show until now, where you come come in and it's, I I love it. I thought I I really like the idea. I really think it's important. And I like, I mean, Rob and I talked about it a little bit with the full 40, but we just don't have the organizational capacity and skill to be able to pull it
2: off. Well, thank you again. I I appreciate it. I'm really, really flattered by the kind words and I, we could do a, we could do a whole anthology series on the benefits of being a sports fan in the central time zone versus the Eastern time zone. Uh, (laughs) That's true. It's amazing. I've been here uh, since I graduated from Villanova in 2009. I've been out here in, uh, in, in Madison, Wisconsin, which is funny. I don't necessarily plug that as much on the show because I'm afraid people are going to be like, you know, he's not Philly, he's not East Coast, you know, because I'm yeah. I'm living I'm living out here in my my Midwestern castle. But the, being a being a the, the nine p.m. games this year have been, uh, I've, I I feel for the East Coasters, but on the in the in the Central time, it's it's uh, you know, it, it actually and it actually makes it a little bit harder because I've been trying, you know, I try and schedule the show to go like as close up to tip time, tip off as I can, because that's the, that's the point, right? I don't want to, I don't want to overrun tip off. I also don't want to leave you with like a 15 minute break. So the, the 9 PM Eastern games have been interesting because they usually they've all, uh, many times they usually start like 10 to 15 minutes late because whatever game is on before it, on whatever channel it's on runs late. And you know, the, the, the networks have more control over college teams to say, Hey, you have to hold tip off here. Whereas in the NBA, they're just like, forget you. We're tipping off anyway. You know what I mean?
0: Right. Exactly. Makes perfect sense. And the only thing I disagree with, the last thing you just said, is that you said a castle in Wisconsin. I think the correct term being Villanova 09 grads, like we all are, is mansion in Wisconsin.
2: Uh, Ah, I missed opportunity there big time.
0: Yeah, like you missed the T-Pain opportunity in that in that thing rob is looking at me like he doesn't remember the lyric which is, i do not which is, no. which is, outrageous, oh, and is outrageous you should be just dis- i'm disappointed
2: wow. in you
1: rob i'm disappointed yeah. as soon as he clearly
2: my my t-pain needs as soon work. as you yeah. hear it you're gonna it's gonna bring you right back to marbar that's exactly right you're gonna you're gonna feel the stickiness on your shoes like you're walking through marbar when you hear the lyric. <laughs>
0: <laughs> now with all that said chris I'm i'm super excited because you, we're we're gonna do a we're gonna the, the triumph our triumvirate here is gonna do something new on Tuesday night. So we got the St. John's game, which we previewed earlier in the podcast, and we're going to do a post game show.
2: Yes, yes, indeed. I was just gonna say, you know, as I was uh, for everybody out there out there listening in the Philadelphia sphere, you know, I was telling Chris and Rob, we, you know, several of of you know my early supporters that have been watching Villanova tip time before we really started publicizing it. One of the earliest requests was, can you do a post, can you do a post game show? And, and, and honestly, yes, we could, but it, you know, just doing the content prep for a pregame show is, is a lot of work. Uh, And then, and then you obviously watch the game intently, you take notes, you tweet, whatever. So clubhouse is a perfect medium for a post game hot take because it's audio only it's drop in, it's not recorded. So, you know, you know, just like any post game take 24 hours later, less, less than, you know, nobody wants to listen to a uh, super full post game breakdown. And so clubhouse is the perfect medium for that. And I'm excited to be, you know, giving this a shot with you boys on Tuesday night after the St. John's game, which is hopefully a revenge win.
0: Yes. Hopefully a revenge win. As we talked about earlier in the pod, but you know, I totally agree. Um, we, like I'm pumped clubhouse Tuesday night, immediately following the game. will join on, I'll post a link. Chris will post the link to the, to the chat, um, to the, club, the clubhouse room link, um, so that people can join on and listen to us. We're going to try this out. We're going to try, see how we're going to feel it out. I don't know if we're going to do every game until the rest of the season, but we want to try it out, especially in advance of Big East tournament and NCAA tournament and all the March madness, because what we'd love to be able to do, is to bring uh, our fans and your fans, Chris, like a post game quick hit before a um, before the the bigger podcast and your pre and and, and obviously as a recap from your pregame show.
2: Yes, thank. And uh, it's funny that's become one of my favorite things of checking back in after or during the game or after the game on like as discussed on tip time when you know when I really <laughs> either nail a point or sometimes I'm like way off, right? Or like I'm like. This guy's going to have a good game, and the guy is like, the worst game of the year. Quick note for everybody on Clubhouse, it is technically still invite-only. So if you don't have an account, you want to proactively reach out to one of your friends that might be on that. All they need to do is click, like, invite on the app, and you can get in pretty easily now because a lot of people are using it, so it's, it's not as hard as it was even a couple weeks ago. But just a quick uh, pre-production note for all of you out there that might be wanting to join, just make sure you have a friend who is on Clubhouse you know, kick an invite your way so that you can actually have an account and, and get in and listen.
0: Yeah. And how many people, how many people do you get to invite? I'm actually just new to it myself. So I how don't, many, how many, I don't think you it's, know.
2: I think it's unlimited as far as how many people can drop into the audio only as like listeners. And Yeah. Then, but how many
0: people do I get to invite? Because now with the full 40, I think each person, I
2: think has two. Yeah. Favorites. It depends on how long you've been on it. Uh, like I've been on it for a couple weeks now and too. it says I have five now, but it refreshes so, oh, yeah, exactly. it refreshes. So every time you invite somebody and then like they accept it and they create an account, it gives you that one back uh, in your, like you have one back. So um, of course, anybody listening out there that knows any of the three, either of the three of us and wants to get on, we can hopefully hook that up for you if you reach out. Um, otherwise, again, I would say clubhouse usership has exploded over the last three to four weeks. So there's a good chance if you ask like three or four of your closest millennial age friend one of them is on clubhouse
0: yeah or gen z just to be clear we're we're full
2: opportunity gen
0: x we even the zoom we even have a couple boomer listeners we invite you too. you're all welcome
2: well i know you guys get you guys get some good student listeners too which i don't think they've found me quite yet and so they're probably laughing because they're probably on to the next thing they the college kids have been on clubhouse they're probably like old news
0: yeah, a clubhouse. What the fuck is that? Like I've been,
2: I've been doing that all year. Like, come on. Right.
0: No, but in all seriousness, Chris, I'm super pumped for Tuesday, and uh, thank you for for coming on to the podcast with us today. Of course, anytime. Uh, and so, and so again, just to recap for everyone listening, Chris and Rob from the Full Forty plus Chris Nataro from Villanova Tip Time um, will all be on Clubhouse immediately following the St. John's game, which is hopefully a revenge win, which we said before, Um, follow Chris at, at the Natty report. That's his personal or at Nova tip time, which is the official podcast, official Twitter account for his pregame show. Um, So follow that, follow him there. Chris, thanks again for jumping on. And again, as a reminder for everyone here, We are going to be live. We're working with Villanova again at from the Big East Tournament at around 6 p.m., Thursday of the Big East Tournament. So please check us out there on Clubhouse. A lot of content coming to you live in the next month. Thanks, Chris Nataro, for joining the podcast. Thank you everyone for listening. And as always, let's go Nova.